trigger warning for today's episode, which is explicit in every way. There will be talk of drugs and drug abuse, as well as suicide in detail. Please take care while listening. Welcome back to Brazen Radio. My name is Nina, and this is Chapter 2 of Alex's Soul Story. We go a little bit deeper into Alex's life in this chapter, but then at about 20, maybe a little under 20 minutes, things are going to change. And I'll explain at that point why they change. For now, I hope your soul is doing well, my friend, and I hope you're ready for Chapter 2, because it starts now. It was pretty weird, because in those meditations the voice appeared again and the voice said it's time for you to go and it was so clear that I believed it and then I grabbed the phone I did a little bit of research and now I know how to kill myself without suffering without putting my body into stress and Mm -hmm. I picked up the phone and I called my mom And I said, I need to talk to you. I'm ready to go. And I need your help. She goes like, what are you talking about? I'm done. She goes like, you need to come here. So I went to Cancun. We talked for like three days straight. This is what's going on. Boom, boom. Any any objection that she had, it was like nothing. My mind was so convinced that my time was done that everything from the past started to come out of and said, this is why, this is why, this is why. The only thing that she could say is, all right, I'll help you. Because what I needed was obviously not to do a big mess, right? And I needed someone to take my stuff, to let a couple of people know what was going on. I needed somebody to tell my family this was my decision. There was nothing that you could have done. Mm-hmm. Right? This was in October. So my mom told me, like, all right, I'll help you, but you have to do me three favors. Like, so sure. And one of the favors was she took me to a psychiatrist. And then the second thing in Cancun, there's like a church where miracles happen. And what you do is you get like a ribbon. You write something on that ribbon and you tie it. It's called the the Virgin of Knots, something like that. And then the third favor was for me to meet a friend of my mom. And the friend said, like, man, what are you doing? Like, come on, you cannot do that. Give me a chance, man. Come work for me. He had a big house. He said, like, man, teach me Spanish, man. Dude, paint the door, whatever, man. I'll pay you good. So I said, all right, I was doing it for my mom, right? Mm -hmm. Every time I went home, in my mind, I relived memories, stories, or situations that I had with friends, and I was saying goodbye to everybody in my head. And then suddenly I get a call from my brother, like 7 in the morning. Grandma just died. The next day, me and my mom flew to Tijuana, the whole family. One of my uncles was in New York. One of my uncles was in Las Vegas. Like everybody dropped everything and just uh, went to Tijuana. And that was the first time that I kind of sat everybody in 10 years, something like that, right? So 
one of my uncles uh, has cancer in the lungs. Talked to him and said, all right, this is what I'm gonna do. Let me give you my lungs so you can go ahead and leave. So it was a done deal. I was ready. And I'm sure that my mom told one of my uncles and then one of my uncles puts me aside and says, you know something? The only thing that I regret in my life is the way that I treated you as a kid. I want you to pick any rehab that you want in Mexico. It doesn't matter if it's the most expensive one. And that's how rehab came about. Rehab was never my idea. I never wanted to go to rehab. I did it because of him. Because what I was about to do, I didn't want him to have that feeling for the rest of his life. So doing rehab was a way of clearing that feeling that he had. So I did it for him, to be honest. And I don't know what happened. Suddenly, this was in November. So I checked into rehab in March of 2022. So it was a full, what, five months of doing research. Which clinic is going to be the best clinic for me? Which In which clinic I'm going to be able to do what I want to do? Because the mentality was, I'm already there. I might as well do it the right way without half-assing it. And then I went back to Playa and then I chose, okay, this is the clinic for me. I had access to a psychiatrist, psychoanalyst. And and the big takeaways, which I mentioned before, was I don't owe anything to anybody. Nobody owes me anything. And the reprogramming of my mind. And that was the mindset that I needed to give me to live, to give me that feeling of wanting to live. So would you say that you initially just went into rehab for the sake of your uncle and yet somehow in the end you found your own w- reason to walk out of there alive? Yeah, 100%. I It was never my intention. It, it, even the first, okay, so with that uncle, I couldn't even speak to him without my voice breaking. There was so much, so much pain that even the first day that I checked in, we had a big fight and and I even told him, man, I'm just doing this for you because to be honest, when I'm done, I don't even know what's going to happen. I still have that same idea that I'm done here. That's where I started to point towards me and that's where that question of how come I'm not where I want to be in life started to disappear in a new question started to pop up and that question is why me and not in the way of a victim in the way of why me you know what I mean Mm -hmm. Uh on more of a positive note yeah so you definitely use that time to your advantage that said I do remember talking to you while you were there and I remember you told me you were going to go into the mountains okay so So... can you walk me through the, the mountains to the toad yeah Rehab was, man, A+. plus. It was on point. Never flinched. So one of the backup plans that I, that I had was that before I went into rehab, I wrote three letters to myself. The first one is, it was written by 
me of the future and me of the past. The second one was me of the past and the third one by me of the future. I don't even remember what's in them. So I closed them and I told the clinic, if you see me in a situation where I can't handle myself, I'm having a nervous breakdown, give me letter number one. So I still have them. You never like, needed never them. Open, never needed them. And I'm going to frame them. I'm going to put them like those type of breaking case of emergency. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Uh, so then what mountains did you go into and who did you I, go with? So when I saw the spiritual healer back when I had my first nervous breakdown around 2012, that same spiritual healer was the one that was living in the mountains. So I went and lived with her for a month. She was She's a medium. She's a very well-known person in Mexico. When I saw her back in, in 2012, one of the readings that she did, what was, let's say, the energy that was uh, around me was the energy of fear. And fear is one of the main triggers of schizophrenia. And yeah, now with fear and obviously you've seen drugs and everything, it kind of clicks and I said, all right, I need to, to switch lanes, right? Mm -hmm. So one of them, so I did a reading with her while I was in, in rehab and that energy of fear didn't appear as strong as it did before. So I was pretty happy about it. So I said, I'm doing this process. Do you have space for me? up in the mountains with you. She said, yep. So as soon as I left rehab, I went to the mountains. I don't know if you have ever heard that we're like mirrors, right? So this whole interaction that we're doing is you're like a mirror to me. So mm -hmm. I have to learn that lesson and that I'm a mirror to you. What's the lesson that you're learning? So she became like a mirror to me. That's where I learned that my ego was still very, very present. It was pretty cool. I learned that that was not my place. All wishing is good. Love attraction is very good, but without action, there's no reaction, right? And you have to cast that action to keep moving forward. So staying in the mountains for longer wasn't gonna do any, any good. Right, especially since I had the foundations, I already knew that that I was not gonna do drugs anymore. Yeah. And then I'm came I came back to playa. And so okay, so then how the hell did you hear about the toad? I always always had it around me. Even before going into rehab, the calling was just not strong enough. So it wasn't strong enough, it wasn't strong enough, and then suddenly everything was clicking. But I still felt I was at the doorsteps, right? Do I just push the door? Like, what I, what do I do, right? And again, a little bit of that self-doubt, a little bit of insecurities uh, started to show up. So I said, I think it's time for the toad. And like, man, that toad is unreal. Unreal. So I did both of them. Right. There's one that they like burn a little stick. They put it up to your skin. They open up, obviously, the, the skin and they put the venom. 
Okay. So it goes straight into your bloodstream, right? Yeah, so okay. Seven, seven dots, right? Yeah, up in the in the back. So the first, <laughs> it was pretty pretty cool because I thought it, I I thought I was there, right? I thought it, me and like everything. So they put it. It was three other people. The three other guys immediately started puking, right? Immediately start because it's venom, mm -hmm. right? That is going through your body and me, nothing, nothing. And the the dude was the other maestro was like, "Hey, what's up with this guy?" So <laughs> give him more, stab him again. Yeah, yeah, give, give him more. <laughs> he goes like, "Drink water, take more of this, take more of that." So mm -hmm. suddenly he starts giving me more, and then he, the only thing I can remember says, "Are you doing all right?" It's 100%. And then I passed out. And But I don't remember passing out because one of my friends told me, man, like, you passed out for, like, two minutes. Those guys went. They started to, like, put oils in front of you. And then you just woke up and just continued the conversation that you were having, like, two minutes earlier. Like, yeah, I'm, I'm okay. I'm doing good. Like, and my body was like, man. <laughs> That control that you have is like unreal, <laughs> unreal, right? <laughs> and then, yeah, puking. Everything came out pretty clear, which I'm pretty happy about. The other guys was like, man, one guy even puked like solid, like black stuff, yellowish puke, yeah, pretty bad. And mine was pretty clear. So I was pretty happy. So it was oh time God. to do, yeah, it's time to do the other toad. The other toad is that. That was just one? Yeah, that was just one. Okay. That was. Okay. Uhu Alvarius, which is the DMT. So my friend was the one that did it first, right? Boom, he smokes, immediately starts screaming for help. Help oh, me. No. Help me. Help me. It just became like this warm that wanted to go inside the sand. He he was putting his face up to the sand. Like those guys couldn't control him. That guy was, help me, help me, make it stop, make it stop. I was like, fuck this and I'm not doing it. <laughs> but I was already there, right? So yeah. I said, man, like if... if <laughs> That's that's how it's gonna go down. Fuck it. And then that guy next to me did it. And he started to do like hand signs and he was like all mellow. And I said, Cool, I'm gonna be in between. I'm not gonna be my friend. I'm not gonna be this dude right here, right? They come to me, your turn. Okay, excel everything. And then when you start inhaling again. I'm going to put it and all the way, big, big hit. And then boom, started to see a little bit of flashes, swallowed again the, the smoke. And when I was about to do the third one, it was like I became blind. Everything went dark. And I don't remember anything from the outside, but I remember everything from the inside. I was there but I was not there. It's so weird how 
either ayahuasca or, or any other drug that I've done, LSD or something, I was in the boat. Here, there was, I, I didn't even know where I was. I was in, in the middle of the ocean, like zero consciousness. And the last image that I have was sitting in the beach, looking at the water. That image became a photograph. But there were thousands and thousands of photographs behind that one. And those photographs were images of my life. And I just went through them, through them, through them, thousands of them. And then everything became dark with sacred geometry. To this point, I don't understand why everybody sees secret geometry. I, I don't understand that. What I do know, it's, it's there. And it's bigger than this reality. Mm -hmm. Because what I did there is I, I broke through this reality. I went into another reality, which is all sacred geometry. And then that reality was over. I went into this dark abyss, like, like a dark hole in the universe where light doesn't leave and always going down. And on the sides, I could see pictures of my life. I couldn't identify what was it, but I knew it was my life. There was somebody with me. I don't know who it was. It was not me. It was light. And once we hit a bottom, the entity or the spirit that was with me just simply said, stop resisting. And then I woke up. <laughs> At this moment, my body told me that I stood up. I don't remember anything, anything. I just remember opening my eyes and I was laying down. Yeah. Wow. So you didn't, you didn't feel like you were dying? Uh, well, I definitely felt dying. Yeah. Really? I felt physical because everything went dark and I just didn't know where I was. So especially if I compare it to the other ones, it's like... In the other ones, at least your conscience of where you are, mm -hmm. right? At least you 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 have an idea. And this one is my body was there and my spirit was in another place. Me again. How are you? So that would have been the soul story. And it would have been awesome. But that wasn't where the whole story ended, essentially. Over the next couple of days or even weeks, I would say, Alex went through some stuff that really tested his ability to override those voices. And unfortunately, they started winning. And he was brutally honest with me about where he was as a person in his mind and in his soul. And so together, we ended up navigating that conversation within a what I would say is a confined timeline to do whatever it was he was planning to do. Some small things intervened in between, and, and we did have a couple of chats, but of course, they're not recorded. So there may be some context or commentary made that doesn't quite click for you, but I do hope I did a good enough job reiterating what I had heard to then address it here. Either way, my friends, take caution while listening. This is where it starts to get heavy.
You know, I've been thinking about that medium because uh, there was something you said that she said that kind of, it bothered me. <laughs> what? You said that she said that you could choose any life you want in the next life. And I started, yeah. I started thinking about that, like applying that in reality. And it, and it kind of dawned on me. I was like, how do you know that past Alex didn't bring this Alex? How yeah. do we know that, that, that these challenges were specifically picked for you in this life to succeed at this life so that in the next life, it's easier for that guy? Because maybe the prior Alex didn't know that choosing your next life was achievable but in theory when you talk to all the people who have near-death experiences like that actually mm -hmm. cross over and come back most of them say that they did choose their life and they know they chose their parents they chose their hardships and I just wonder about karma and debt in that idea that she has where does that play a role or is it non not applicable well here's the thing obviously I I don't believe that you're going to go ahead and maybe be on your deathbed and say, okay, I'm going to be an astronaut in next, <laughs> next, my next life, right? I don't think it goes like that. Right. I think it's more in you get to pick depending on the obstacles that you decide to overcome or the okay. test that you were able to overcome in this, in this life, something like that. Okay. Or okay. maybe not. Or maybe you can say, hey, I'm going to be a king. And then you become a king. <laughs> I don't know. I felt like it was an out. I felt like she gave you a platform to say it's fine. It just felt yeah. really dismissive and not articulated in the concept of growth and strength. And for a medium, someone who taps into alter energies, you would assume that recognizing where your energy is, that they would instill upon you more strength as opposed to options for exit. Well, makes sense. Makes sense. Everything, when you look at it, can make sense when you go a little bit deeper. Okay. Have you ever heard of family constellations? I've heard of the birth chart, but I didn't know about family constellations. Okay, that's, that's something that is catching on a lot because it helps you heal, not only what you need to heal but what your parents your grandparents and i did a one probably like two or three weeks ago man i realized that the more things that i want to discover the deeper the hole goes so i just don't want to do it any i i just don't want to do anything anymore you know what i mean i just want to just, man, if, if I can have a wish, I wish that I could erase my memory and start over. That would be my only wish. So, uh, so something else that's been trickling with my brain. Yeah. The thing you said about fear and how if you live in the lane of fear, you can activate schizophrenia. And you keep referring to the voices. And I'm wondering if these voices exceed your reach. Okay, that it's pretty cool that you touch on that because yesterday, uh, one of my aunts sent me a message and she said, goes like, "Hey, how did it go with the family constellations?" And I, what I just mentioned to you, I mentioned to her right that the more I know, the deeper the hole gets, and I just wanted to stop. But I told her that I have been journaling, and I told her that I don't even know who am I talking to, but they're pretty disturbing things. 
right? The thing that I have been journaling is like saying like, you have my attention now. Now let's see how powerful you are. So I'm even putting, I don't know who, to the test, but it's definitely not me. They're telling me in detail what do I need to do in order to commit the act. They're telling me like, put four glasses of water, put them on each corner of the bed. They're telling me to do a five-day fast. The first two, I can go ahead and use electronics. The last three, I cannot use any electronics. They're telling me to go ahead and, and write letters saying that I leave everything behind and all the suffering there is not mine, all the pain that is not mine. So it's they're just preparing me for what it is. So every suddenly I just a brand new idea how to do more of a perfect that act. It's pretty weird. So it's unreal. It's unreal. I don't ask this maliciously and I certainly yeah. am not encouraging, but like in your heart this second, you wish you were dead? Uh yes. And is it just because of those voices? It's because I feel that is no, 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 no. Because if I would be listening to those voices, I would or the option of going to Tijuana wouldn't be one. Oh, we're gonna talk because about I, that. <laughs> because I'm definitely thinking about going over there. Um, all right. It's one of those things that my aunt told me yesterday. Like, what can I say? And I told her. Nobody can say anything to me. I already heard it. I already heard everything, everything. Mm -hmm. So don't, don't take it personal. Like I heard it all. I have mm -hmm. told myself everything. So it's just, it's just what it is. When you were on prescriptions, did it shut them up? They have never shut up. Okay. They, they have always been there. So they didn't serve you at all. My attitude definitely changed or because when I was in, with prescriptions, it was antidepressants and Ritalin. So the end of the day, it was just drugs. Okay, well, that's fair. But I had to ask because I was wondering if maybe, I know with some people, it's not, it's rare, but with some people, their override just isn't available to them. The ability to dampen, lock down or shut it up, like it's not always easy. But okay, I have a hell of a lot more questions in this path, but I also want to know, what the fuck just happened over the last five days? Because holy shit, dude, your voice notes. I was like, sorry, what happened? I just asked you to do mushrooms for New Year's and like it turned into a five day bender. So I'm curious. Man. <laughs> so one of my my best friends, he came over. He obviously knows my past, knows my history, knows everything that's going on. Right. So he said, you know something? I have a few days off. I'm going to go ahead and meet you over there. Then. It was a taste of what could it be if I go back home to Tijuana, right? He probably spent 20000 bare minimum, like. What do you think it costs him to make that money? What, 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 what was the question? How much do you think it costs him to make that kind of money? Well, putting his freedom or his life in, in jeopardy. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Tell yeah, me about ahead. it. Obviously, I stayed super strong, which is cool. So, <laughs> so yes, and it wasn't all two days ago, right? So we were in the yacht. So we went from the yacht to the car, and I was paying the ticket, 
and then suddenly police security like ambush me say hey like what's going on and what are you talking about i'm paying the ticket apparently my body and my other bodies they ran over a, a, like a security guard <laughs> and they blew the stick that holds the, the parking lot so they left me there i had to grab like a bus it was a shit show a shit show <laughs> but no when i arrived the military was in the house because <laughs> ap because apparently they did like a whole mess in Tulum, right? Obviously, they got out of it pretty fast because money talks. And my, my buddy was super apologetic, right? He was like, man, I'm sorry. Like, I know that this is not something that you're accustomed to, but this is something that I do every day, right? So for me, it's pretty normal. <laughs> like no big deal and and yeah run over <laughs> people and and uh, just doing whatever the fuck they want that's what they do every day they do whatever the fuck they want <laughs> <laughs> you can't help but be a little bit like that would be nice yeah but then kar it's... karmically there has to be a cost for that man they know it but it's just so normal for them there's there's no remorse or there's no second guessing there's no i i won't do it the next time <laughs> carefree life do you think they live in the lane of love i don't know i don't know because i don't know if they know what love is but i don't know if they know what fear is i'm fucking sure in that life you know what the fuck fear is <laughs> Like may, at may, some may. point, a gun in your face with the wrong person that could go off. I'm sure there's a moment or if someone grabs somebody that mattered to them and they did that to yeah. them, that's fear. And in that life, the likelihood of that is pretty high, I would think. But maybe I'm wrong. Maybe they embrace it. Maybe. Maybe there's something to learn from that to it to use to your advantage to face bigger, scarier things, because if they're playing with life and death every day, like how much more fearless do you need to be every day every day every day wow <laughs> i don't know man so i saw, how was it catching up with your friends it this is what my buddy told me my buddy said like bro you already went to rehab man obviously you're not gonna do any drugs because the drugs are already here and you mm -hmm. haven't even touched them right you still have the same issues and if you cannot fix the, the issue man let me try and help you. Let's go to Tijuana, because money it's a it's a it's a tool that is gonna put everything in the back burner, right? And maybe that's gonna make me forget about it. He told me, man, you're gonna be easily making forty thousand dollars a month. That's definitely gonna be putting everything in the back burner for sure. But I also try to picture in it, and either you're all in. Or you're not, because if you're not all in, something bad is going to happen. Okay. What would the cost be to make that money? He told me very, very, very low entry just because he knows me, right? He said, I'm not going to put a lot of responsibilities on you. I don't want you to explode or anything like that. So very low entry level stuff. So during our, our last conversation... I, I mentioned, I was like, well, it's not really a club. And you're like, well, it sort of is. You know, they wait until 
you're kind of down and then they give you a family and they give you a place and they start helping you out. And then next thing you know, you want to do everything for that family. Yep. So let's say you go in at this low level and you make that bank. One, you don't believe that you're going to set yourself up for an addiction for that lifestyle of money. Of course, because it's it's not going to be one. I have a, a addiction personality, right? Mm -hmm. and, and two, it's going to help me put all my issues in the back burner. So, of course, I'm going to ha have an addiction for that. Right. But I because don't think that's, that that's permanent, dude. What's permanent? The money is not going to erase the shit. It's just going to back burn it. And then eventually... oh, for sure. It, it eventually will come up again for sure that's why i'm not jumping for joy to go over there i know i understand the enthusiasm around making bank though but i just think about it and i'm like what are you compromising to do that and moreover have you ever considered that because you get triggered into self-doubt that that amplifies the voices and then you self-sabotage which then amplifies the voices even more 100 but i cannot stop it yeah i don't know it's in in it happened then it was everything was going amazingly like amazingly and then it was like my brain saying no mm -hmm. you're not you're not you're not crossing that bridge and I have been battling with that for over, I don't know, like a month and a half. That's tough, man. That's yeah. it's not easy to navigate, especially when, when they're vivid, like what they sound like. It's almost as if it's like your shadow self, you know? It's it, 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 They know me, so they know what to say. You know what I mean? They know how to hit hard. That's why my journaling, to be honest, I'm going to burn them because I don't want anybody to read them. Because they're grotesque. Because yeah, because they're pretty disturbing. And I don't want like an insight on what's going on in my head. Well, that's fair. Although I'm trying to do that right now. So <laughs> this is different. <laughs> the way different. <laughs> I am in no way acting as if I'm in a position to be here with you in this conversation. And but, no worries. But what I went through earlier this year with my biological mom and she was going to do an assisted suicide. It allowed me to come to terms with that life choice a lot differently than I think most people. I'm almost cold to it in the same way that you seem indifferent. I don't know. I heard something that in, in a book that I read uh, called Osho. Uh, it's called Learning to, to Love. And in that book, you know who Alan? No, no, no. Not Alan Watts, man. God damn it. I cannot remember the name. A psychologist, like the father of psychology. Young or, or Freud? Ha, yeah, Young. Yeah, Young. Yeah. Carl Young. He said that out of all the patients that he treated, there was no patient over 40 years old that their issue wasn't spiritual. I really like Carl Young. I think he has very good ideas around how psychology works and actually... For him, that was what really drove the understanding of humanity was to be able to be, in your mind, the most vicious person, accept that so that when you look at the most vicious person, you don't have hate in your heart because you could be that person. And okay, and that's, I have been trying to, to run away from that vicious person or that dark side, mm -hmm. then maybe that's what's happening instead of in embracing it, right? That's why, but I don't want to embrace it. 
because I know what it can do. And... But that's but that's what Peterson says, you know, because Peterson loves Carl Jung. You have to embrace your fucking monster, but you have to have control over your monster. But my monster is in Tijuana. I, I, I left it there for a reason. Then what's following you now, if it's there? What's following me? Well, I left it over there, and now it's creating self-doubt. Let's say you go do the Tijuana thing. It's starting to to feel like the act that I need to do is just something that I was meant to do. Because no, no matter what, I end up on the same spot. And it, it's going to be something super planned. It's going to be something that is going to make me feel good. It is going to be something that nobody else could do something about it. This is what I was meant to do, and I'm doing it the way that it should be done. Okay, let's reverse roles. I'm you. I'm where you are, wanting what you want. Mm -hmm. What do you say to me? I have to say, follow your heart. That's it. You wouldn't, I don't know, look for other options. You wouldn't, you just follow your heart. You would, that's the advice. So like, obviously in Canada, assisted suicide's a huge thing right now. And a lot of kids um, are seeing this shit on TikTok. Do you think this is the right answer for everybody? It's not the right answer for everybody. Definitely not. But it all comes down to your beliefs because it's not an easy way out. It might seem that way, but the amount of stress that you're going to put on your body when you do something harm, when you, I don't know, shoot yourself or take a hundred pills or something, right? Or hang yourself. For me, it's not worth it. So for us as humans, death has always been, back in the day, something that we celebrate. Mm-hmm. it's only us that we have a fear of it, right? So from the moment that we were born back in the day, they always prepared us for this in the time of death. So for me, it's a celebration. I believe that I have, not that I have learned everything that I have to learn. I just believe that I have taken enough of the impact that it's time for my physical body just to be left behind because I have been dragging so many things that it's just time to leave them behind and it's time to go in a very ceremonious way I'm gonna do a five-day fast like I said I'm gonna be without touching any electronics for the last three days uh, writing letters for me I see it very spiritual and then the way I'm gonna do it it's you don't suffer, right? It's called a suicide bag. So what you do is you get a tank of helium and then you breathe in helium. You take a couple of sleeping pills and in one minute you fall asleep, in three minutes you're gone. I don't think it's as beautiful as you think it is, but I'm not going to judge your opinion. I am uh, obviously, as someone who again, thinks you have bigger purposes. It is hard for me to digest this, but at the same time, it's not my life and it's certainly not my choice. Going back to our last conversation, two things occurred to me. One, why did you want to do ayahuasca? Okay, 
the main reason because when I was 13, my grandfather died. I have never cried like I have cried when he died. And I never got over it. When I went and lived in Canada, there was not a single day that went by that I didn't believe in my heart that I was going to see him in the next corner. So I was always looking for him. The main reason that I wanted to do ayahuasca was to cope with that death or with that traumatic incident. When I went there, I even have a couple of questions that I wanted to ask him if I saw him. It was one of those things that also one of the messages was like, man, if you don't want to deal with that death, if you don't want to get past it, it's okay. If you feel that you're going to see your grandfather around the corner every time, it's okay. It's a good feeling to have. So ayahuasca, was, that was also one of the main, the main reasons trying to cope with my grandfather's death. I mean, that's a fair reason to go into it. But one of the things that occurred to me, because what I understood, the reason I know about ayahuasca is because actually there was a clinic in Toronto and this man started this clinic and he was helping heroin addicts. They would go in, they'd be there for three days. They'd fucking walk out free of withdrawal, free of the habit, free of all of it. And so knowing that ayahuasca is capable of that, I was curious to know if that was in your, even on your radar when you had gone there as something to try and rid yourself of as a, a, like a monkey on your back sort of thing. Subconsciously, I'm pretty sure because I have been trying to do a lot to get that monkey off my back, right? So Mm -hmm. from going up to the mountains, to rehab, to family constellations, to ayahuasca, to the toad, I have always tried to be better. I have never been complacent or I I have never accepted the situation Mm -hmm. because I always knew I could do more. Mm -hmm. It has always been in my power to do more. I have always wanted to do more. But it's just, just keep hitting a wall. I feel that. The other thing, and I don't know if you're going to take this in in a positive way or not, but as your friend and who I am as a person, I'm not going to not say it. I'm not sure that you've tried either of those fucking psychedelics truly open in your heart. And the reason I tell you this and I could be fucking wrong. So please don't yeah. take it negatively uh-huh. or well, take it as you take it. Let me let me say yeah. that. But at the end of your trip on the frog, I feel like the universe, the, the, the ether, the whatever the fuck cosmos is bigger than this reality that you tap into in those things. I think it was fucking giving you a message when it said stop resisting because these drugs are capable of doing things for you, but you're so fucking stubborn that you won't let them. The message was very clear. Stop resisting. Mm-hmm. But, but I don't know how. Or maybe stop resisting. I can take it like in a very dark way. I know. And like stop, stop resisting and do whatever you know that you have to do. Right. Or stop resisting and let life come to you. Mm-hmm. Do you think you've ever fully, truly been romantically in love? No. Okay. What's the longest you've been with someone? Mm, max two years. 
it's a while. Yeah, and and it was early, right? Because it's remember I wasn't to live in another place, and I came back, so I have always been jumping from one place to another. Even my last girlfriend, now I was ashamed to say I was her boyfriend because, man, I have this, like, barrier that doesn't allow me to truly be my, to my romantic self or to show love. Stop resisting. I know that's a message, but I can't. I don't know how to. What if you had this ingredient and this ingredient? Would this even be able to have the grip it has? Where's the room for this shit to live in your head like that? It's I haven't. It's permanent. You say it's, that, but you think it'll go away in Tijuana to a degree, right? It'll backburn it. Oh, uh, well, for sure. Why? Because I'm also gonna be very busy, living more on the fear side of it, in the adrenaline. Yeah. In the you have to be not relaxing right mm -hmm. because you cannot relax in that atmosphere oh, so I bet. Even, even more tense you know what i mean even more on your feet maybe even being more uh taking those type of decisions on, on the spot more impulse oriented which that's where i have been living in my whole life more impulse type of things so you say you're going to Costa Rica and then... And then Mexico, Mexico, yeah. Yeah, so we come on the 11th. Okay, that's cool. I definitely, assuming you still fucking want to be here, would love to meet up and even do a live recording. Shut the fuck up. Like, I say that nicely. I know, but okay. it won't happen. What do you mean that won't happen? Because I'm not going to Tijuana. Do you think it's, it's, it's like throwing everything that I have been doing for the last couple of months out the window? What about your uncles and, and family that live in the U.S.? It's okay. I'll, I'll tell you the story. Most of my, my early years, I lived with my grandparents and with my mom's family. Mm -hmm. And all I wanted to do was escape that. One of, one, uh, one of my uncles sat me down one time and said, man, you cannot go through life on your own, right? But I have burned so many bridges that it's just it's just not something doable. You know what I mean? Or well, at least I don't see it doable. Mm, that's in your head though. That's that's oh, not every, you haven't tried that. Everything everything is in my head. Everything. Mm -hmm. But then you have no right to say you've tried everything if you're not willing to try it. Well, well. <laughs> no, 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 no. I have tried everything that is within my reach. Okay. You know what I mean? Without mm -hmm. trying to ask for, like, hey, I need help, stuff like that. That's why my aunt told me yesterday, like, okay, what type of psychiatrist do you need? What type of treatment do you need? But it's not. So it's more like I have been trying to do everything on my own. I respect that, but sometimes we can't. No, we can't. Okay. Like you were saying, you know, it's your aunt's offering you this stuff, and the what do you have to lose and I find it interesting tying it back to the love for your parents versus the love for your aunts and uncles and your grandparents and obviously your grandpa, who I'm assuming was a great person if they hit you that deeply, which which does tell me you have a deep capacity for love, dude. But how are you feeling? Because one thing I'm noticing, Alex, is you look different. 
not in a good way. You had when we first met up, you looked very light. And now you seem a little bit darker. Yeah. I yeah. saw it I saw it in I saw it in the mirror when I was taking a shower this morning. I said, uh, looking different. Mm-hmm. I just uh, I don't know, man. I look at did anything violent directly happen to you? It was more <laughs> like the psychological type of things uh, that happened, right? Mm-hmm. When when I was going back and forth uh, from Tijuana to whatever place I was living, my bodies were very conscious, knowing that I didn't belong there and I wasn't going to stay. So they always made sure they protected me from getting too involved in things that once it happens, you can never go back. And I know you're saying you won't do it, but don't you think that's kind of the situation if you were to go? Could probably become, it would become a lifestyle that you can't get away from because it's just the money gets too good. I think a lot of the time. Oh, of course. And, and it's a different time now. Mm -hmm. And before back in the day, it was a big uh, narco war going on. So it was more, the focus was more on who can create the most fear. And now it's all about making money. Now they're making money like peacefuls, right? I've heard some fucking wild stories about people in Mexico that way. Everybody's one. The news might not say that. They like, obviously, drama. But now in Tijuana, it's all about making money. Nobody cares about making somebody else scared or not. It's about making money. How did they establish a connection where they all agreed to work together? Different generations. And Mm -hmm. it happens, right? Different way of thinking. It's So instead of making enemies, it's better to make friends. So it's just the mentality changes. They say, man, I care care about making money. I don't Mm -hmm. care about having to kill 100 people to to show that I'm tough or something like that. Mm -hmm. Life, it's okay. My bodies were here, right? They're still here. Okay, hold on. So they didn't leave yet. No, no, no. They're still here. Okay. It was the perfect opportunity for me to enjoy life because we had the best table in the club. We had the best girls in the club. We were like, bring me that girl. I love you, man. (laughs) I love you because you're okay with being real. And that is so hard. And you have that. But anyway, okay. Yeah, so it was a perfect opportunity to say thank you to the universe the the moment was there and i still couldn't enjoy it because that's not real happiness that's bought happiness i mean what what's happiness well i mean i'm not talking about blowing your load bro that's (laughs) (laughs) you know what i mean like that's that that's not a real happiness that's just a moment that's a happy ending and then it moves on so for sure but it it's pretty weird it's just that the flame is running out. So you think. So I feel. I understand that. I understand that. But there are times where things happen and that shit blows right back up. Man. But I do believe that what you just described is like 
the Hollywood version of what a good life looks like. And I don't think that that's what a healthy good life looks like. It's that, not. That's why. That's why. That's why I don't want to go. I get that. Yeah. And honestly, man, I think you'd be really fucking selling yourself short doing it. Although on my heart, I want you to have the money. Mm -hmm. Okay. I'm gonna. I'm gonna let you in on a on a on a mindset on the type of uh, business or or career. You have to be and in a pretty high level up. I'm talking about making three, four, five million dollars a month. Mm -hmm. Because now you you think more about the long run, right? My body's short term. My body, exactly. You have to get to a level where the money's just so much that you cannot spend it, right? Because these guys can spend twenty thousand dollars on a weekend. They don't. No problem. But you, but it it gets pretty hard to then spend. $300,000 on a weekend. You can, but it, it gets a little bit more tiring. You know what I mean? But it's so different mindset-wise. Yeah. Because for us, the narco culture has been with us. Now it's more about bragging. This is where in Canada is more... Strategic, right? yeah. Exactly. They don't think that way. He doesn't think that way. Fair it's, enough. It's just so, so difficult to present a plan to somebody that is probably gonna say, I don't know if I'm gonna be here tomorrow. What are you talking about 10, 15 years down the road or five years down the road, right? I'm, mm -hmm. th I'm thinking about that today. Well, what yeah. can you do for me today? Hmm. That's I, That makes sense. It's a live now kind of situation. You're alive now, you do it now. I get yep. that. That's what I said. I'm in those crossroads right now. All these ideas that we're talking about, it's taking me into those crossroads. I uh, I want you to hear something yeah. th that you sent me. The reason I want you to hear this is I want you to notice your tone. Okay. Just the mm -hmm. yeah, we definitely have the only Hold on, I gotta skip it. Back. Looking to one side and saying, let's go get some fucking money. And do whatever you fucking have to do in order to have that stability that I have been looking for my entire life. And then on the other side is, man, I just want to make the voices in my head shut up. Do you hear the weight difference in how you spoke? One sounds like the gangster I met when I first came to Mexico. And the other one sounds like the person who's giving up on that guy. And I just thought it was so interesting listening to that message yesterday where I was like, I don't even know if you know how much of your stability, I think, plays a fucking role in the volume of those voices. It does. 100%. To me, that's not a fucking reason to leave, bro. That's a reason to find new ways to make money. I, I liked the energy that you had in the way you said it because I was like, he, there's something there for you that lights you up. It's the adrenaline. It's it's knowing that I'm going against the system. It's not making easy money because it's not easy because you're putting everything on the line. So although it's very easy for for people to say, "Oh, it's easy money," it, mm -hmm. it's the hardest money of actually of all to make. It comes it comes easy because they just throw you a lot of money, Dude. but when you put everything into a perspective. Mm -hmm. you'll see that it's not that easy. 
man, eight months into it, when is that coin gonna flip, right? In my favor, when when am I gonna be able to wake up and say, what an amazing day today, I'm gonna conquer the world instead of just those thoughts of punishing myself. I mean, granted, I'd like to wake up and want to conquer the world. I don't know that I ever have. <laughs> but... <laughs> uh, but I've definitely had moments where I felt like I could, where I was allowing myself to be vulnerable with myself. And I don't know that you really let yourself be vulnerable, period. I think that you built this shield that you live in. Yep. I know it perfectly. I built it. I built a fortress and that fortress has snipers, has guard dogs, has tanks. And, and I built it consciously, very mm -hmm. consciously. Mm -hmm. But if you're already, if you're already at the edge, you're already ready to go. Why not see what happens without it? So I have lived in that mindset for such a long time that I don't know how to escape it. So let me, I'll, I'll share with you something. When I needed, I noticed it more in Canada. When I needed energy, like physical energy to do stuff or to even motivate me, I had to picture myself, somebody doing something to me and then me getting revenge. And that's how I physically got energy because my body let that adrenaline go it's pretty weird huh yes but also no because trying to figure myself out in this world right that fuck you revenge gets so much done for me yep. and during the last four or five years i feel like i haven't moved at all and i said i've been saying this to a lot of my friends i'm like what pushes me if it's not anger yep. like, i need that fucking rage to make things happen otherwise i'm good it's fine Duh. yeah and exactly so the same with me I understand you there. And I'm actually struggling with this because, and don't get me wrong, this podcast does feel like something for me. Editing it, I get excited. Like I, I just, if I figure something out, I get really pumped up. So I know yeah. something is there for me, but again, it's not the same. I'm not losing sleep over it because I'm not mad. I'm not doing it out of anger. I'm doing it because it brings me a feeling. So then it's only when I want the feeling that I can bring myself to work. Do you know what I'm saying? Yep. It's different. 100%, yeah. So, so I decided not to tap into that source energy that I had before. Mm -hmm. right? Before I picture somebody doing something to me and then boom, that revenge feeling came alive and that pushed me. Right? Granted, maybe you don't know the answer, but how the fuck? Okay, so you're switching from the lane of fear to the lane of love, even though maybe you're not because you're still opting to exit. So I feel like you're kind of giving up on that lane switch not going to lie to you. I also think you're letting go of all the tools that you built up to help you to keep your bubble alive. So I feel like you're kind of not like you like to say you're trying. I think I don't want to tell you you're not trying, but I feel like you're not trying. <laughs> Man, it's it's how can I say it? It's so difficult because it's learning how to live by letting go of the tools that made me survive. Because it's like saying, hey, this is this is your time to live. 
but the only thing that you have to do is let go of those survival tools that you used to use before, right? And it's taking me back to, to everything. Do you think you're experiencing imposter syndrome when you dream bigger than the life you've had so far in your life? Uh, okay, the first time I heard that, I didn't know what it was. And I looked it up. It didn't resonate with me, to be, mm -hmm. to be honest. Yeah. I understand that. But the not feeling worthy and the not willing to chase the worthiness thing, that's where I wonder where you could find a little bit of humility for yourself and a little bit of effort. It's 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 that it's not feeling. That's why the message of st stop resisting, mm -hmm. right? It's it's not being it's not feeling worthy. It's doing the necessary things to jump into that worthiness uh, mindset, and then suddenly, bam! Now nah, you ain't going anywhere. So it's pretty interesting it's pretty mind-boggling it's even exciting it's pretty sad it, it's all those feelings put in one boat and then you go like man it's a struggle let's say yep let's just say okay. mm -hmm. i'd like to believe that we can pull from love energy and create but here's the thing love can create life but chaos creates change yeah and chaos can only come from one place because love kind of settles chaos or gives chaos a place of acceptance. But if if you're at a point where you're feeling weaker than norm, not weak, but you don't feel like you have all your tools ready to use. It's just not why. Why not try a little fuck you energy at it? Or or, or maybe maybe or maybe what I need to do is go to Tijuana and just. <laughs> <laughs> oh fucking let's see how high i can climb that's that's alex man that's <laughs> you really think that's your only alternative no definitely not it would be a very quick fix for sure what's the timeline of this agreement or arrangement i can go on sunday uh, season you use the word season i think it was. yeah i can go for six months and there's no you can come and go as you want, basically. Are he's, you he's sure? A, you trust this a, guy? He's a very close friend of mine. Like How close? I have known him known him for twenty something years. He knows perfectly my situation. Those, okay. so that, that's why he said he said, Man, you went into rehab to fix the issues in your head and you still have them. So I'm doing very well. Come to Tijuana. I'm not gonna put you in those dangerous situations. I'm not going to give you a lot of responsibilities so it doesn't go bad. Mm -hmm. So he's trying to help at the end of the day in, in the way that he, he can, right? I believe that. I don't believe he has bad intentions. It doesn't, I guess what I'm worried about is, you know, he says one thing now and what happens when he sobers up a bit and realizes like, actually, I need you and you need to stay. He doesn't know how he feels in six months when Alex did a fucking phenomenal job because he's a hustler. Yeah. Mm. Like, I I just, I want, I can't give it to you, but I would love for that switch of host, that, that fuck you energy to go against the voices. I'll share you with you this. Although, okay, doing the act of taking my own life, it feels the only thing that I can control. And that makes me feel good inside. Whether the other things 
I have to rely on somebody else and it doesn't make me feel good. So having that control and, and knowing that that's the only thing that I can control is bringing me happiness. I get that. Uh, but literally everything's in your control. Alex, I think we're more similar than I've ever known until recently. I think so. I just think series of situations, whatever, but I also have never had to live in the same place as you. And I do think Mexico is different. Yeah. How do you know you're not meant to be a shaman? Man, if I could only stop resisting, I truly believe in my heart that I can do amazing things. But it's that not not struggle, right? Because I don't want to seem like the victim. Is is learning how to break through that wall that every time I hit it gets me down, right? Like, or or it takes away more energy. So it's it's me always trying to break through it, right? Again with the toad when I said. Do I knock on the door? Do I ring the doorbell? And then the message was, there's no door. Mm -hmm. So that wall that I keep hitting, it's a wall that I put there, right? Mm -hmm. It's, it's I, I have even gone as far as thinking, uh, would it be better if my parents just died and that pain just goes away or that suffering or, or that those loads? that I'm doing like you know what I mean mm -hmm. maybe there's so much anger towards them or so much hate towards them that that's mm -hmm. why I like say like okay in order not to hate my parents I have to respect them so that's why I found something that I can truly respect them so I so when I tell when I say that I don't love them it it, it is not coming from hate right Mm -hmm. So to that point, to that to that extent, I was like having exploring it, like everything, everything. That's interesting because um, how, how do you how do you start the process of forgiving yourself? In my case, I feel like um, what started that process was understanding that I can't control how other people behave, no matter how much they might care about me, or no matter how much like they're still people and I'm not perfect. So how the fuck can I expect them to know what to do if I don't? The biggest change, one of the biggest changes I ever made that really helped me to start forgiving myself was like, why are you trying to run the whole world? You don't even know what's going on with you. And like, how can you be so angry at yourself when you've made no effort to know you as, as you could be or what you're capable of? And over time, I introduced better habits. I'm not saying it was a foolproof plan. I don't think to the same degree that the shit that talked to me talks to you. I think yours is stronger. And that's not a comparison. It's, you know, I'm not victimizing yeah. you. But I just, I feel like you have a crueler flip. And maybe mine just toned down so much after the mushrooms. Because, dude, out of those 500 trips, let's say, probably not that many. But out of those, there were probably 10 that changed my fucking life. And gave me small indications that if I can just figure out how to use that tool. I don't have to be so angry at myself for not doing it. And so one of the main things that I, I think about with like your family, you can't be responsible for what your mom did. Yep. You know that. But to forgive yourself for how you feel about it, I don't know that you need to. What I think you need to forgive is now. 
the fact that you don't want to keep trying or the fact that you're not willing to persevere when you know you could or the fact that you know your work you can do create manifest and and be this gold yeah okay you know this and i wonder i still think i'm forgiving myself to be honest but i also made sure that i gave everybody else the responsibility that belonged to them in the process we all play a role and if you can't allocate what belongs to your dad and you take that and you can't allocate what belongs to your mom and you take that well then you're never going to forgive yourself because it's not shit you can forgive it's past you bro and i don't know what parts you're holding yourself accountable for your life but i do wonder when you do talk about forgiving yourself because i i feel like you probably i don't know if you've been journaling since that time that you did the monster thing uh, I, I don't know i, I haven't know. done it for like the last week since mm-hmm. i have been in tulum and stuff like that fair enough did but you ask did i ask what what you need to forgive yourself for man here's the thing for me mm-hmm. i i don't know how to do things like in between either i go very hardcore mm-hmm. or i don't do it at all so I really went hardcore with the, with the journaling to the point where I was like, man, who am I writing to? And <laughs> <laughs> so I said, man, I'd rather like, let me go ahead and take a, a step back. But let me ask you a question. If you had, right now, an angel came down and told mm-hmm. you, Nina, you have five days to live. Mm-hmm. What would you do? Mm-hmm. Great question. Five days to live. I think I would make sure that I could create an event where all my friends and family, like people that I can't leave without saying bye to. And I would probably dedicate that entire party to telling people how I see them <laughs> and giving them the the highlights of what I think they don't see that I see and what makes them special as far as I'm concerned. It's been true through through to yourself but Mm -hmm. in the way that is not ego driven Mm -hmm. right for example yeah i I would rob a bank and i would give them the money Mm -hmm. but that what that would be making you like the savior right Right. and that's a little bit like an ego driven type of action you know what i mean so man it's it's a weird trip you know how you found the way to like respect your parents what did that change though really did it give you less guilt it made me not hate them so prior to that realization you were actively hating them yeah that's a lot of energy to give to that and a lot i was i was actively hating them and i know there's a lot of hate inside me a lot Mm -hmm. a lot and Mm -hmm. and that's why Okay, since we you both use that type of anger to motivate us, mm-hmm. since we that aggression mm-hmm. to do things sometimes, wanted her more to hold it in and to keep it to yourself. I've definitely weighed this. The thing is, some of us are built strong and some of us aren't, right? And those of us who know how to build shields, we're strong. My mom doesn't know how to have a shield. She doesn't have that skill set. So can I keep it in my shield and leave it away from her? Yeah. And that does not bother me because ultimately I'm strong enough for that. And even if I wasn't, I will tell myself I am until I am.
because I'm determined like that. And so are you, <laughs> which yeah. is why I get so aggravated with your, the vo- like, I know things get overwhelming, but at the same time, I'm like, yeah, but my lion sees your lion. Yeah. Because you know? one, 100% it's, it's for me, everything inside me tells me catch a flight, go to Tijuana, beat the fuck out of your dad and everything will be done. And, and I'm fighting with that. I, everything inside me tells me go fuck him up. And I promise you all that anger that you had against him, all that hate is going to be gone. But I don't want to be that person, right? So it, it's fighting against everything that that it's inside me. That That's my struggle. Mm-hmm. Now, now that I we're coming around everything my struggle is trying to run away from from everything that is inside me i'm I'm not even going to pretend that we face the same battle even though we're very similar and i'm not encouraging you to lose your sobriety by any means Uh, but it it did cross my mind to be like are you sure you don't want weed in your life alex (laughs) man everything is more alive there's no numbing it there's no like sedernate i don't know the word like there's nothing yeah. to sedate it. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Right. Mm-hmm. So it's everything. It's more alive. I like being sober. I like it. When I was thinking about, I'm like, no, I'm not going to recommend that to Alex because yeah. ultimately what you've achieved so far is such greatness to backslide into that, to then stay because you did that. It doesn't make sense. You have to find the purpose beyond that. Like there can't be a crutch along with the purpose. The purpose has to be what it is. Also, one of the things that I has come across since I have so much hate inside me, so much resentfulness maybe or 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 that type of negative energy. Mm-hmm. I even put uh, this question up there. If I take my life, is that the ultimate revenge or the ultimate fuck you to my family? So I have, to be honest, I have gone at every angle. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And I have because one, because I want to live, right? Because I don't want to take that easy road, but it's just such a powerful thought, powerful feeling that I have that mm-hmm. is, I cannot shake it. I cannot shake it off. I can't. And it bothers me because, because once I put something in my head, I know I can face it. But man, this one is like, my ultimate battle so it's pretty it's pretty weird man it's pretty weird to be honest i don't think it's the ultimate fuck you because who are you saying fuck you to your aunts your uncles your grandfather realistically the only person i think you'd be saying fuck you to is yourself i think that's the problem with death and with suicide and with the easy hard way out because Mm -hmm. Why do you think then in Akumal you didn't give in? Why didn't you just go? No, I'm going to tell you why. Mm. Because I didn't give in. And to be honest, it comes down to what we're doing right now. If you give in, the world will never know what's going on with you. Okay. But why would the world care if all you're going to do is cash out before you do the things that make you someone the world knows? Maybe doing the podcast yeah. is the, the ultimate message of a. Hey, this is what <laughs> maybe I maybe I'm using you as a tool. Uh, 
you bastard <laughs> <laughs> maybe it was this maybe this was all planned I thought, you know, I won't lie to you. A lot of things about this have come to my mind where I was like, holy shit, did I just spend eight months with someone who was on the brink of suicide so that when this conversation showed up in my door, I wasn't going to cry and like I could be tough with you and say what I need to say and not feel bad about it? Um, yeah. Partially, yes. Just like you told me last time, we're mirrors. I think I'm yeah. offering you thoughts or considerations, I hope. That part of you already thinks about and knows, but maybe you just haven't worked them out because you don't give them the time. Makes sense. I will say this. I am convinced there's something else that's influencing you. And I'll tell you why. One, there's too many overlaps with the dark things. Two, the type of shit they say. Now, again, this is where I'm like schizophrenia. If you don't know or you don't have a specific traumatic event that stands out to you, I don't believe you have multiple personalities because you would switch yeah. and you don't switch. You're always the same. You might have a little bit more of a darkness or a little brighter light, but yeah. that's about it. So that part I've ruled out because I've been investigating. And then I'm thinking, okay, you went, you did two different psychedelics that have been proven and you didn't come out with a fix on either of those. But what you did was get advice, advice that you've heard was you just stop resisting maybe period, stop resisting life, not even death. Maybe stop resisting wasn't stop resisting the water. It was a stop resisting greatness within you. You don't know that that wasn't the message because somewhere inside of you, I don't know, but do you think you're, you deserve love? Like deep fucking unconditional? Because I think deep down you do know that. Well, when we're born, we're unconditional love, right? So mm -hmm. we we seek that we mm -hmm. need that i know i was loved deeply mm -hmm. when i was a kid for sure but maybe or maybe i was expecting too much from my parents maybe it was that right i mean yeah. there might be some spite in there because they didn't meet your needs but then at the same time keeping in mind that only now is mental health prevalent People don't know what they don't know, and they're way too selfish a lot of the times. And it seems to me like your parents never, ever consummated with love in mind, you know? Yeah. And the product of that was you. Yep. And I think that your purpose is to be love. Be it more than anyone ever thought possible, because if you don't, there will be a part of you at the very end, right before you're gone, that says, fuck. Oops. Yeah, you know, man, it's... It's definitely that. All you have to forgive yourself for is the moments you let it break you. Exactly. That's where the forgiveness matters for you. Yep. But not being mad at yourself for hoping they would be better, that's okay. Being hurt and being accepting that you've been hurt and not feeling like you're less because you're hurt, that's a good thing to forgive yourself for. Yeah. Because I feel like you're so fucking stubborn that in a weird way, there's a small part of you that just said that you're going to do it. So you kind of have to now because you said you were gonna and like that. And I don't believe that anyone's holding you to that other than you. But I think that's stupid. And I don't think that's a reason. And until you really have tried everything, you're copping out. And for that, do not forgive yourself. Get mad at you because it'll make you fight harder. <laughs> so I'm okay if you're mad at yourself. But like, <laughs> 
the forgiving yourself stuff, I think is actually forgiving yourself for having expectations that people couldn't meet. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Do you, do you feel that you have a purpose? When it comes to actual purpose, I think part of our life is learning what that is. So I've allowed myself the grace and space to let that find me naturally, to figure out what that is in its own. I do believe we all have a purpose, whether that's intervening on, I don't know, maybe you're that car between that other car that had a baby in it, that that baby's going to change the world in 10 years. Like purpose-wise like that, I think the interconnectedness of humanity, we all serve a purpose. It could be so small, but it's just as important as the big thing. So on that front, there's that. I don't know about you. Maybe it's just me. And maybe this is why I liked mushrooms. There's something magic. Sometimes there's just so many coincidences or there's just so many things that happen where you're like, whoa, everything's lining up in a weird way and all this stuff's clicking and there's a curiosity that will never die in me ever. I, I want to know everything I can't know. And that keeps me for sure uh, invested, even when I have no motivation to even wake up which does happen. And then getting into this project, who knows what this will do, but I'm tired of not trying stuff because I've already played it out in my head and made it a failure. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> Super insecure, but we each bring something and that's purpose. Delivering that to one person, to a thousand people, purpose. Yesterday, Obviously, for three days, I've been on hold for this meeting, right? Yeah. Because of your plans and whatever. So this is a fucking weird question, but it just occurred to me. And it's something I do want to say. Can I please be on the list of calls, if ever, so that at least I know for sure? You'll probably, you, you'll know. You, you'll, I'll say goodbye. I don't like that, but yeah. still. I just, you just don't feel this, like, the word is not the right word. The word that's in my head is not the right word. I just think your spark is way bigger than you think it is. And that's okay if you don't see it because you're going to do what yeah. you're going to do anyway. But yeah. your spark is fucking big, Alex. Like there's, it's aggravating. You aggravate me in a nice way. <laughs> yeah. I, 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 I aggravate myself, right? I bet. Because it's, Imagine you, you told me at the beginning if you would die or not, like I would say yes in a heartbeat, take me right now. It's because it's just, I just don't want to be here. This is not my place. Mm. We tend to live for others instead of living for us, right? Mm -hmm. It's much, much easier to give advice than to take advice, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. So it's been a bit, it's, it's a weird trip for sure, for sure. I feel pretty nice. I'm glad you do because if nothing less, let that dangle the fucking carrot for what could be, <laughs> okay? But that being said, um, somehow I still have more questions, but uh, this was a yeah. cool conversation. The idea is that two opposites, on one side of the coin, one is ready to die. On the other side of the coin, one is not. What can people take away from that? 
Mm. It's like kind of heavy, but like, yeah. but I hear what you're saying. I don't even feel like I tackled the extra stuff I wanted to add to my episode today because I was just writing me some of your more like heavier stuff. I was like, okay, my priority right now is just like a pulse check on you as a person. When I know that's okay, then I'll proceed with podcast stuff. Kind of well, honestly, I enjoyed this conversation though. So uh, I can't. Me it, <laughs> it helped me. It helped me step away from the reality. There, there it is, right? So giving you a little bit of a timeline. I'm kind of thinking on the twenty second, twenty fourth, something like that. My birthday. When the twenty fourth. The twenty fucking really? yeah, yeah, really, yeah. Happy birthday. <laughs> Fuck you, man. <laughs> Happy birthday! You're gonna have a an angel on your side. <laughs> oh my god, I hate you, and I love you at the same time. Yeah. Okay. yeah. I definitely want to go ahead and do at least ten days of getting back to my routine. Okay. And then those five days off, totally preparing for, for what's coming. Yeah, does it, sorry, does that mean that this it's like a done deal or like you're going to do those five days and find if on day five, you're still like, yep. Or uh, is this is all in preparation of 100% outcome? Everything is in preparation of the outcome. So everything will be done. Pretty weird, huh? <sighs> Walking in somebody else's shoes, am I right? It wasn't, definitely wasn't for the faint of heart. Believe me, I was on the other side of the conversation. To stay lighthearted is uh, apparently a skill set I didn't even know I had, but there it is. That being said, there is another chapter coming because we had a lot of talks. And if you or someone you know is suffering or struggling with depression and suicidal ideologies, please do not hesitate to get support or be support. You never know the difference you can make in another person's life. And with that, because you don't know the difference it could make, go be motherfucking sunshine. I love you.